Welcome to the Yoga Teeth Podcast, mindfulness for dental professionals. I'm your host, Heather Bolton. Please welcome Laura Green as a guest on the Yoga Teeth Podcast today. Directly out of high school at 17 years old, she started in college and promptly flunked out. As a single mother of two, she returned to work on her prereqs for dental hygiene school. Once these were completed, she was accepted into the Weber State Dental Hygiene Program on a full tuition waiver scholarship. In her junior year, she was invited to join the Phi Kappa Phi National Honor Society. As a senior student, she served as the SADA senior class rep and graduated with the Outstanding Student Award and was elected to the Sigma Phi Alpha. As a senior student, she was part of the research group that presented at the ADHA poster session. She was the first person in her family on both sides to graduate from college. After working as a clinical hygienist in private practice, the opportunity to work in dental hygiene education came her way by a great friend in 2009. Since then, she has been with the Utah College of Dental Hygiene in Orem, Utah, and currently the director of the program. She loves being with her people every day. Since 2004, she has served for the Utah Dental Hygienist Association in several capacities, including president, treasurer, and delegate chair. She also served as a co-chair of the Utah Oral Health Coalition. She has the most supportive husband, two girls that have become beautiful women, bringing their husbands into their family, three delightful grandchildren, and an amazing family that is all across the U.S. Welcome, Laura, to the podcast today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Laura, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. You were a good or a big impact on me on radiology. You were the first person that introduction to me. So thank you again for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Heather. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited. How can hygienists empower the dental hygiene world through radiographs? Um, well, I think the, the easiest way that we can, um, that we can make a big impact is by taking diagnostic radiographs. I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But when we're taking radiographs, we are taking an image of, of, we can see the teeth, but we can't see what's inside and we need to get an image of that. So we have to use some, we have to use some creativity. We have to know what we're aiming for in order to get it right. And if we don't get it right, that can create problems for the patient. It can create problems for the dentist. And um, one, of the, one of the things that I remember most, I attended a continuing education with a dentist who was a forensic odontologist. And one of the things that he said to us in that continuing education was, you have to take great radiographs because whatever errors we make when he's in that difficult situation of trying to identify, um, identify someone that's deceased, if he has to use dental radiographs to identify them and there's an error in the dental radiographs, he has to recreate that error in order to get a mirror, you know, in order to get a matching image. So if we do it right, he can do it right. It can make his job much easier and help bring closure to a family that's missing a loved one. Yeah, I 
Love that. How did you meet him or how did you know them? It was at a Utah Dental Hygienist Association annual session. Okay. I love the plug in there. Yeah. <laughs> I love the association. Okay. So that's where the actual CE course. Was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Several years ago. Cool. Thank you. So is that part of the reason why we need to implement Alara after graduating school, not just having it like be a thing during school? Absolutely. That's, that's where, if that's where we have to do a great job to take excellent care of our patients. It's not just, can we get the right picture, but can we get the right picture the first time so that we're not exposing them to more radiation than they need? So we know if we, if we look through the research, we know that dental radiography has a pretty um, minimal impact compared to so many other uh, so many other exposures of um, background radiation. But with all those other exposures, why would we want to add any more than we need to? So we have to look at uh, Lara and, our, and our, the exposure that we have for our patients in the big scheme of things, not just what are we doing at that moment. We have to recognize that it's what we're doing adds on to everything else that they already have. And we don't want to add more than we have. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's when ethics comes in. We need to have that dental hygiene oath and all of that in, because if we don't care, then we're not going to imply that into our practice. What do you think is the most misunderstood in radiology? Um, Do you mean for the patient or for the clinician? Either one, professionals or patients. For the patients, actually, it's not about taking the radiograph at all. What I find the most misunderstood piece of information for patients is who do the radiographs belong to once they've been taken? That actually is the conversation um, that when I have when I have to have that with patients, if they are moving and they're going to another practice, I say, well, I need my x-rays and, and I, yes, we can give you copies. Well, I, you know, I want the originals. I understand we're not able to give you the originals. Well, they're mine. I, yes, they are images of you, but we have to retain those originals. And that conversation actually is one that um, <laughs> I just had with a family member a couple of days ago um, regarding, um, it, was, it was regarding medical records, but I had to explain it to them in the, with the same information as we have in dentistry we have to retain the records within the practice. And so that is a little off what you might normally think, um, but it's who do they belong to? Yeah, that's actually a really good point for sure. What do you think is the biggest failure in your life or radiology that you've been able to like learn from? It doesn't have to necessarily be your failure with radiology. It could be well, another person's example. <laughs> Actually, I'll just lean on myself because I have plenty of failures. <laughs> but um, but a failure specific to radiology actually has happened to me a few times in my life. And what's happened is when I get in my own head about can I get the can I get the image that I need? The more I um the more I get to thinking about it and worrying about it and can I do it well? And is this gonna work out? The more nervous I feel about it, 
the worse I do. So before I became a hygienist, I, I worked as a dental assistant for 13 years and spent, some, uh, spent several years in a pediatric practice. When I began in that office, it was kind of a big deal because they didn't typically hire people with experience. They preferred to hire someone with no experience so they didn't have to break bad habits. And I got the job. I knew what their typical preference was and I knew that I was bucking that system. And so I was trying to do just excellent work and getting in my head, trying to do better rather than doing what I knew. I, for weeks, could not take bite wings on the patient's left side. I just, for some reason, I wasn't doing anything different, but I just was so nervous and so caught up in the nerves that I wasn't able to do my best work. Once I settled in, allowed myself to do what I know is best, allowed myself to, you know, be a good assistant, it clicked and it worked, worked great. I had that same experience of radiology failure, if you will, when I was in dental hygiene school. I went to dental hygiene school and as I was taking the radiology course, I like a lot of other folks that have had ex assisting experience was learning so much about why we do what we do. When I was learning on the job, I, they said, here, you know, you point here and this is what you're aiming for. And there wasn't a ton of why or how to improve, or, you know, if there's an error, how, you know, how do you fix it specifically? There wasn't a lot of that. And so I was getting a lot of that information for the first time, trying to implement it with, again, what I already knew, trying to break some bad habits and implement the new stuff. Well, I had had some really, really rough images that I'd been taking and I had, um, I had a, well, a classmate, a senior, I was a junior at the time. And I had a senior who said, Hey, why don't you see my husband? He needs, he needs a, his teeth cleaned and he's a, you know, generally healthy patient. Why don't you see him? And my, I was a so grateful that they would share their family member with me and be again, so nervous. Can I do a great job? I want, didn't want him to go back and report to my senior, you know, she did a lousy job and I had to stop just prior to taking his radiographs, take a deep breath, remind myself that I knew what I was doing and just get to it, not overthink it, not, you know, <laughs> not get up in my head. And it was amazing. It went so well. It, it allowed the training that I'd had as, as an assistant with my, um, with my communication with the patient, it allowed my training from my radiology course in how to take the best radiograph possible. It allowed both of those things to come together and I was able to do a great job and I was able to settle my nerves and was able to realize, yeah, I got this. I, so, so yeah, most of my failures are getting stuck up in my head. Yeah. I think that is amazing because it's so spot on and it's actually so interesting to me to realize that being mindful can improve 
our dental hygiene practice in so many aspects, including radiology. Yeah. Amazing story. I love that. If I can touch on, you were saying about being mindful. I didn't, so I love meditation. I have to use guided meditation. I'm not, I'm not able to manage it on my own, but what's interesting is I didn't start using meditation until I became a dental hygiene instructor. And I was working with this back to radiology. I taught radiology for several years here at the Utah College of Dental Hygiene. And I was speaking with a student who was just in the radiology lab, was feeling so stressed, was feeling like she couldn't, couldn't get it right, couldn't um, get things done on time. It just was overwhelming to her. And I had just a few years before um, learned about meditation and started implementing meditation and found how much it helped me to quiet the inner voices. Um, the, the person that I learned meditation from is, a, um, is from the book, 10% Happier, and he calls it quieting the inner critic. And I was able to, able to talk with this student and say, hey, you know, first let's take a few deep breaths and then have you ever considered meditation? And at very, at first glance, at first mention, it was a little off-putting. She's like, oh, you know, meditation. But when we talked later, she, she came back years later and she said, the very first thing I remember you teaching me is meditation and how that could, how that could help me get through dental hygiene school and get through those tough moments in radiology in the, in the lab. So, yeah, exactly. And isn't that so cool, like for you to realize how much of an impact you had on this student, even years later, like, and how that helps them even become a better hygienist, because you can teach all the techniques and everything, but if you're spazzing out um, and uh, are thinking too hard, then it's not going to be as successful. So being mindful and meditating or just taking a few breaths breaths is actually I would consider ethical for our patients because it implements Alora because we're able to be more calm right it recenters us and and gets us where we need to be to help our patients best exactly yeah I love that so much what do you think is like or what's a funny story about radiology that you have um, funny <laughs> probably it was the unfortunate time when I was taking radiographs on my father in dental hygiene school I had no idea that he had um such a strong gag reflex oh, <laughs> and, okay. and I mean I'd, I'd had occasions to work with youngsters but this is my dad right so <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad. Love you. Um, I did. I did tell him yesterday. I said, dad, I, I use you for all my stories. <laughs> and he's like, oh, great. Thanks. So he's aware that I'm talking about him. Um, but I'm, you know, when I was in dental hygiene school, we only had a few radiology units for all the students to use. And so we would leave our chair, go to the radiology unit, take our radiographs there. 
And when we, when I brought him to the room and we got all set up, went to put the, um, it was actually film at the time, went to put the film in his mouth and he started gagging. Well, this wasn't just like a little gentle gag. The entire clinic could hear and was wondering, and you could see everyone like, what, what's happening? What is she doing to that man? <laughs> and I tried and I tried and tried. And that was the day when I was like, and no, we're going to refer you <laughs> to your, to your dental home. And unfortunately we're going to have to let them <laughs> do it there. Um, now I am in his dental home and I've learned some more techniques and now I am able to, to talk him down, but, but funny, I don't know if it was funny, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was one of those where, like I said, 30, 40 people, we all had, we had all of their attention. Yeah, that is embarrassing for you. And then it's also, I'm sure, embarrassing for your dad. Cause oh yeah, he didn't love it. <laughs> I, I would be interested in being in a contest with him because I think I traumatized my partner in hygiene oh, for how it was loud. I'm not going to mimic it. <laughs> uh, what do you think is like the, what is one word of advice or something that you would give to others who want to improve their radiology skills, either as a student or as a clinician? Because we don't have time for this. Like, I've always considered myself like radiology and radiographs. I get so excited when I get a good radiograph. I tell my patient like, you are so photogenic, but I'm really <laughs> just complimenting myself. Like that angle, oh, man, that's 100% in clinic. I still grade my radiographs. Yes, that's my awesome. Laughs. He's like, those are really good radiographs. And I'm like, eh, eight, eight out of 10. Like, and he eight just, out of 10 is diagnostic. <laughs> but um yeah what's one word or like some like advice or anything in general that you can give to us hygienists who who want to improve their skills give one word is is tricky um I haven't thought about one word it doesn't I've have to be being at a loss for words mm -hmm. let me say a whole bunch and I'm good but one word I would probably have to say study. And that might not seem like something I would, you would normally tell a clinician that's in practice. But when I think that one of the most important chapters that we learn in radiology is how to correct errors. Because errors are going to happen. It's inevitable. But if we don't know how to correct the error, that is where I think a bigger problem comes in because then you're going to need to take that radiograph again. And depending on what's happening for the patient, if they're in pain, you need to get the information in the radiograph. And if you have to take that multiple times, we now are putting that patient in danger. Um, well, you know, we're giving them more radiation than they need. And um, so, yeah, I guess another word to go along with it is to go along with study is study to be precise. Mm -hmm. you know? So 
yeah, knowing how to fix those errors and or knowing how to not create the error. Yeah, I think that is actually a really good point because a lot of times once we graduate, we're like, oh, let's just try this or let's try this, but we can keep studying and learning, like even just Googling or looking at our old textbooks of errors. I think that is great advice for a lot of clinicians if they're either um, newly graduated or seasoned. Um, do you want to get into a couple of your tips for even just helping patients? Like, for example, I learned about placing salt on the tongue for yeah, patients. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little about the salt yeah. or any other tips you have? Yeah. So for patients, frequently the most difficult thing for patients is, is the gagging, the sensation of having something in their mouth in a position that's uncomfortable um, and so some of the things that we can do to help, help it feel more comfortable for our patients, the first thing is, in, in my experience is tell them what's happening, tell them why it's happening. Uh, so many of us, if we know why it's happening, we may be more willing or more able to put up with something that's difficult. If I know why it's so important. So my first tip is make sure you're communicating with your patients help them have confidence in you as their clinician. If they've got confidence in you as their clinician, then they'll, they'll be able to follow through and they'll want to, they'll want to do a good job, you know, for you. And you explain to them the better we can do the first time, the less likely we are to have to have to do it again. So that communication of why, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, I think is, is the very first most important piece. And for a lot of my patients that have difficulties taking radiographs, that is all I've needed. That communication with them is enough to help them settle in and recognize they can do it. I'm going to be right there to help them. And it goes, goes much more smoothly from there. In the instances, that's not enough. There are a few things that I've learned that uh, work to help folks, particularly with gagging. If someone's not on a sodium restricted diet, that's get those health histories done because the health history, people think, oh, you know, you don't need a health history to take x-rays, you know, to take radiographs. Radiographs are non-invasive, so it doesn't matter. Well, it always matters. The health history always matters, regardless of what it is we're doing. So... We can use salt on a, just a little bit of salt on a patient's tongue if um, if we know that they're not on a sodium restricted diet, and that can reduce the gag reflex. Another one, um, if the patient doesn't have any concerns with with um, alcoholism, I've seen using um, using a mouth rinse in advance, particularly uh, Listerine style mouth rinse they've had I've had good luck with that helping it kind of gives that you know that that burn that people don't like that's that sting kind of numbs the tissues a little bit and that can help them and then one step further with the numbing uh, I oftentimes have been able to use throat spray now the throat spray you get for when you have a cold and you know it your throat is scratchy and it just hurts that same throat spray numbs those tissues just long enough that I've been able to use that to take radiographs. Unfortunately, there are some folks that 
using salt or the, the rinse or the spray is just, it's not good for them. So the other option is to have them hum. If they have their, if they're humming, you have to close, you know, close your throat to hum. If they're humming, they're um, one, it's something that you can do without moving the, the rest of your body and can put your mind on focusing on the humming rather than focusing on the film or the sensor that's in your mouth. And that can help them get past that, that discomfort. I love this. I'm definitely going to be implementing some of this, but so when it comes to the humming, do you know if it like increases the airway? Does it enlarge the mouth in any way? Or is it just all like a placebo distraction? I, I have not researched it further. My, my understanding is that the placebo helps it, but it's the, when you hum, you're pushing the air in a different manner, not out through your mouth. Mm. And so your mouth is able to, to be focused on taking those radiographs. It's like protecting that airway. And that's a lot of what gagging is all about is they feel something there, feel like their gag, their airway is going to be impeded and they want to get that out of their mouth. So when they hum that closes off and they're able to, that airway is able to be protected and they're focusing on something else. That's amazing. I love that. I think I'm going to try that because I usually tell patients, breathe through your nose, spell your name with your foot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I've had them do the lift the leg or spell your name with your foot. That's yeah. one of my favorites for when I'm taking impressions Yeah. You know, in an office where you're still using algae impressions, those that works great because if they move, it's not too big a deal, but I've tried the leg with radiographs and too often their leg will give a move and it'll shift them. And, and then I've got a blur and have to take it again. I'm like, shoot. So yeah, that's actually a really good point. Going back to what you were saying earlier, how you were really good at radiographs on the left side. And then on the left side, you uh, were saying that they would always just not be well. And then yeah. as soon as you were able to like be more mindful, it like improved. Do you have any tips for people where, cause that is consistent for me too. And I feel like that is consistent for some of my colleagues where one side of the face is better than the other, which is kind of interesting when you feel like you're doing the same technique. Right. Um, for some people, it's helpful for the clinician to be on, to be on the side that they're taking the radiograph. I know that's helpful to a lot of people, but what I have found um, helped me the most is as I work to keep my patients occlusal plane parallel to the floor and the median plane perpendicular to the floor, I can still have them do all that and turn their head toward me. Right. So if they turn their head toward me, I can get a better, a better look at where am I setting the sensor and how am I setting up the PID? It's less helpful. That's a less helpful conversation for someone who may be using a handheld um, handheld unit because the handheld units, if we're using them properly, we are staying directly behind that backscatter ring. And so I'm speaking more in a situation where you have a wall-mounted unit that my patient can turn toward me and I can see their face straight on. I can then line, uh, line my PID up and get a better, much better image. Yeah, completely agree. Do you uh, prefer just 
personal preference, like a handheld, like a Nomad or the wall unit? I prefer the wall unit. I've found when using a Nomad, I found that to be able to see what I'm doing and to be able to get the angle that I really want, too often I'm not behind the backscatter ring. Mm -hmm. So. Well, that's good to know. I thought I was the only one. No, no. <laughs> that's my downfall. <laughs> yeah. I love the wall unit because then it's less heavy with the Nomad. I feel like I'm lifting weights and I just went to the gym. Right, right. It's true. So heavy. Um, what is some like last advice or anything that you would like to share with my listeners? It could either be books or educational resources or any other advice that you would like to share? Well, I would probably not share something on radiology specific. I would probably go back to sharing, try some guided meditation. <laughs> meditation gets an, a bad rap. Um, just, you know, what we grew up with, we, we tend to think about sitting in an awkward position. We tend to think a lot about ohms and, and things like that. And that's, it doesn't have to be that meditation can be whatever you want it to be. Look for a few different options and find the one that works for you. And I think you'd be surprised how, how well it can work. Some of my favorite meditations are three minutes long. Anybody in a stressful time can find three minutes to recenter themselves and get back on track. And I, I think that those three minutes in the middle of a clinician's day can be the most powerful three minutes and help us as we try to help our patients in the practice. Yeah, I, you are just echoing everything I believe. <laughs> I love it. The I believe that you could even be like doing a meditation or a mindfulness, like exactly like what you were saying before, like during radiographs or scaling or talking to the patient, like just centering ourselves, being present, focusing on them. And like, I don't know about you, but when I'm like doing an SRP or um, going tooth by tooth, it's like the most relaxing thing ever. Let's just do like one tooth at a time, breathing yeah. in and out. We can apply meditation and breath work um, for our patients, even even though we don't, and we're not going to say that. Just like take a deep breath in, breathe out. Just so like welcoming, like calmness and serenity for them. Like that has been the biggest compliments that I've got was when they patients leaving saying, "I felt like I was in a spa, Heather," <laughs> and I'm like, "This is awesome. That is my goal to." have it just be a relaxing experience because sometimes we um, radiographs or x-rays that is like the most stressful thing for patients because of their gag reflex and so right. if try and make it more comfortable for them I think that's great so if we can be calm then we can help also our patients be calm obviously we can't it's a big that. deal if they can mirror what we're doing it makes a difference also I found it to be helpful. And I haven't told my patients this necessarily, but if, if they're having a particularly difficult time at that time, I will try to match my breathing to theirs and then slow my breathing down and they will slow theirs down also. So, you know, I can, sometimes I have to say, okay, you know, let's breathe together, but other times I don't say anything at all and I'm able to like 
dial that back for everyone. And some of those questions were things that I've had because I've had every time this side is always perfect. Yeah. And then this side, I'm like, what am I doing? It, just, it happens to me all the time. And like one, once I have my patient turn their head toward me, just like that, I'm able to get it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I could talk to you all day. You know, I love asking questions. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. This has been fun. Yes, so fun. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Namaste. Thanks, Heather. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you again, Laura, for being on the podcast today. All her contact information and other things mentioned will be in the podcast notes. Thank you. If you have any mindful tips that can improve a dental hygiene career, I would love to hear them. I am always wanting to improve on this important topic. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Yoga Teeth. I'm Heather Bolton, the yogi hygienist. Namaste.